Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. I'm excited today to announce to you um, our guest speaker. Uh, last week we had my good friend from Destination Church, and this week we actually have one of our staff at both locations. And so, um, probably 11 years ago, I met a very nice, mild-mannered guy. His uh, son uh, was in our youth ministry, and we developed a great friendship. And there's a verse that sticks out to me that says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And some of you guys know that. You have family and then you have friends in the body of Christ that are closer to you, that have done more for you. And today I'm going to announce to you somebody who sticks, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Brian Seymour. And Brian and Isabel moved here a few years ago when um, Isabel heard that we were having Dawson. We'd always talked about Isabel. You know, she has a, a great thing she does with kids and her little B-Bills Academy. And she said, man, we wanna, we're going to move to Virginia. We're moving. Like seriously, when this baby's born, we're moving. And sure enough, the friends that stick closer than a brother, they moved here to not only do that, but be a part of Thrive Church. And they have blessed our church greatly. If you know Brian and Isabel um, at, at any level, any shape, they're people who love Jesus and they love people. They really embody that. And so today I wanted Brian Seymour to come share God's word with you um, and, and share a great message. He's been sharing it with me this week. We had some coffee and he was telling me about, about it. So I'm really pumped to hear it. And if you will, put your hands together for Pastor Brian Seymour, part of Thrive Church staff. Thanks. Thank you, man. Good morning. Make sure I'm on. I can, be, I can hear myself. Uh, today, I'm thankful to be here. Thankful to have a chance to talk with you. Um, and there's a topic, if you can look up here, you can see the name of this message today is the unsung hero. And there's a, there's a great meaning to this word, unsung hero. And I want to, first of all, let you kind of think about what would be an unsung hero. What would that represent? Because the sung hero in what we do is Jesus. He gets the praise, he gets the glory, he gets it all. But the unsung heroes are the ones that are doing the work so that he can get the glory. So that's our topic today is going to be the unsung hero. You see the S on there on the shirt, you know, like Superman? It's not for Superman. It's not for Seymour. No, that's not it. You know, he looks much better than me. But it stands for serve. And leading from there, I'm going to go into a scripture. And I want you to, as we read this scripture together, it's going to be Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 4 through 21. And I want you to, as we read through this scripture, I want you to see these gifts that are operating in the body. And I want you to think about these gifts as I, think, as I read them to you. I want you to think and pinpoint some of those that are, are you. So as we read through this, let's, let's go into the scripture. In uh, Romans 12, 4 through 21. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with the Christ body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, 
Serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership skills, take the leadership responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord, in, uh, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame upon their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now in this scripture, there's all things that are there about serving. There's a lot of different places. Maybe you're one of these people that can give and you just love blessing people. Or maybe you're the one who's encouraging. And when people are down, you're there to encourage them and you build them up. And, and you know, whatever that call is, whatever that gift that the Lord gave you, be thinking about that through the rest of this message. And I want to take you on a, uh, this, this little trip here in a second. I want, to sh- I want to show you something. A friend of mine, I, I do computer repairs for some different plotters. And this, this guy's plotter went down at a busy time of his business. It, this plotter is $14,000. He said he didn't have the money to buy another plotter. He didn't know what to do. And I, I want to show you something. This little circuit board, if y'all can see this. It's pretty small. It's kind of old school, actually, by today's standards. This one probably was manufactured in the mid-1990s. And uh, believe it or not, they still sell this brand-new plotter. Parts manufactured in the 1990s because it's still one of the best on the market. But this, this guy called me and he said, Brian, he said, I've got this, my plotter's down. The plotter's like a big printer. And it's down. It won't work. I'm in trouble. Can you fix it for me? And he sent me the motherboard and the driver boards off of his plotter. And he said, whatever you can do, you got to help me. I'm in a desperate need. This man's whole company was shut down and he's sending me a board. I don't repair motherboards. But it came in. I do work on the plotters. I change parts. I do different things. But he sent this board to me. And I started doing some tests and I checked out all the basic things that I could think of. 
And I want to show you something. This little, if you can see a tiny little thing in my hand, this is it's a tiny little computer component. It's a fuse. It can be bought for $2. This man's whole company was shut down because of a $2 component that he could have had up and going and working immediately. It took a little bit of research to find out what it took to fix this machine. It's repaired and working. He's got it back. Everything's working. But what I want to talk to you about in this area is this little fuse. Do you know what a fuse does? A fuse connects the source, which is the energy source of the, whatever it is that you're working with. The fuse connects the source to everything that functions on that machine. All it does is it, it closes the circuit, makes everything work. And this fuse had gone bad because the whole machine, every part of this machine was functioning correctly, but because the fuse was missing or it had blown, there was no functionality in the machine. Now, as we go on into this, there's a couple of scriptures I want to show you. We were talking about the gifts that are working in the body. We're looking at the gifts. And I gave you this example about this man's business was completely shut down because of a $2 part. Completely out of business until it was repaired. But I want you to think about this. The unsung hero in this board right here is this little, this little bitty tiny fuse. Was an unsung hero. It fixed the situation. It was what was missing. Okay? Here's, I've got two examples here. One from the Old Testament. One from the New Testament. And we're going to start here. The first one is in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2 through 13. And this is dealing with the healing of Naaman. He was a man that had leprosy. And we're going to look at the scriptures here. It says, The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army. Naaman was a commander. He had all these armies under him. All these people were there. It says, uh, Because through the Lord, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But through, though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. There was, he had something in his body, this, this leprosy, and it was, it was causing him some issues. It says, but at the time, Aramean uh, raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among the captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go and see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl of Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of instruction uh, for you to take, or of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying his gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Listen to the response. The king says, When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay. And he said, This man sends me a leper to heal. I am, am I God? 
that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's trying to pick a fight with me. Because, you know, when somebody gives you something that's hard to do, you can feel like, you know, there's, it's a challenge greater than what you can accomplish, you know. This man, he's thinking, this man is trying to pick a fight. said, but when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with a message. He says, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and he stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. You know, it would be offensive if, if, if you go somewhere to see somebody and they don't even come out to speak to you. But he did. He sent his, he sent his people out to tell him. And, and Naaman got angry about that. You know, I, w- I think he would have come out. said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farper, aren't they better than any of the rivers in Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, you, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed now I want you to think about this passage because we're looking at the unsung heroes in this passage you know there's a lot of people who could have come in that place the prophet he showed up and he gave the word and brought healing but that's not who I want to look at it it wasn't uh, the king who says go and sent the gold and the silver and all these things. That's not who I want to look at. I want to look at this young servant girl who was a basically she was given to this handmaid uh, to this wife as a handmaid. She's basically a slave. She's given away to her, but yet she loves her master enough that she says, "I wish he would go to the prophet and get healed." She made the effort, she made a decision, she was going to speak out and speak life into this situation. She was going to be diffused to this circuit board. She was the the unsung hero in this situation because Naaman may have never gotten healed if she hadn't made the effort to tell something. And for her, all all she had to do was speak what was in her heart. Why don't you go to the prophet? And she spoke it out. Now, she made an effort to do that. It took, it took time. It took energy. Maybe feeling like as a servant, you know, they could kill her. Who knows what could happen? You know, somebody in authority and they don't like what you say. But she did it anyway. She said it and she caused the result of Naaman getting healed. 
The next scripture I want to look at is going to be found in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 16. It's a very famous small group. How many of y'all know that we like small groups here at Thrive? This is a very famous one. This is where Jesus gathered with his disciples. We call it the Last Supper. Um, but it's, it's leading up to this is what I want to take back. We're going to start reading in verse 12. Uh, but it says in verse 12, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go prepare the Passover meal for you? Jesus sent two of them to Jerusalem with these instructions. It says, As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him, and at the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? And he will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said. And they prepared the Passover meal there. Now, in this story, the disciples went, they listened to Jesus. And they could be, un, they could be unsung heroes because they listened and they did. But I want to take it even a little bit farther. Jesus says, go into the city and there you're going to see a man, unnamed. A man carrying a pitcher of water. This man's not doing anything but carrying a pitcher of water. But yet, that he had a purpose... And God knew where that man was going. This man was on a mission of some sort. We don't know what his mission was, except he was thirsty maybe. Or he was, maybe he was a servant. Maybe he was taking water to the house that, of the man that owned the house where Jesus was going to hold the Last Supper. But the one thing that we do know is that he was probably not even conscious of the fact he was being used by God. Sometimes God uses you in things you don't realize you're being used in. Sometimes you wonder, why is it that I have to be consistent? Why is it that I have to do and get up and go about my job? Why do I have to do this? And, you know, I know it's a good example to others, but, but you don't realize what it is that you're doing and, and you are being somebody's unsung hero. Somebody sees what you're doing. They know that maybe you're just going about everyday routine, but you can accomplish something for Jesus through everyday routines. As you start thinking about these gifts that we were looking at in the first scripture we read, all these different things that God has put into the body of Christ, and you think about your position, where, what God has given you, where, where your heart yearns, what is it that you see and then you think it, it just grieves you. You know, maybe it's feeding the sick. I look over here and I see different ones that work in the food ministry here. Their heart grieves when they see people without food. And, you know, as you start feeling these needs and these different things, act upon it. Use that gift that God put within you and, and, and be useful to the kingdom of God. Start putting these gifts into actions. And the, the three things that you're going to see here in a minute, the three false reasons to feel inadequate, these are things that will happen to you to keep you from using your gift that God has given you. One of these things, the first of the false reasons to feel inadequate is this. Somebody else can do it better than me. 
Let me tell you this. I'm up here speaking to you today. Believe me, somebody else can do this better than me. But God has called me today and this is the position he wanted me to do today. But what I'm saying is this. Don't use that as an excuse. You can't say somebody else can do it better than you. Nobody can serve God for you. You have to do it for yourself. You can't hire somebody to serve God for you. You're responsible for the gifting that God put inside of you. You can't get away from it. You need to use that gift that he gave you. Nobody else is going to serve God in your position. The second thing there is God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those that he calls. If you are humble and you will yield yourself and your spirit, he will equip you. He'll put people in your life to speak into you and to raise you up and to build you up and to teach you and encourage you and to send you forward so you can do a work. That's what God does. That's how he grows, that's how he grows his people. But it takes these unsung heroes in our life to help get us on the right path to keep us going. Moses wasn't the best at speaking. Moses didn't even want to be the leader of God's people. He even asked God, find someone else. I don't want to do it. My, my brother Aaron can talk better than me. You know, uh, that's the thing that we have to think of sometimes. He will use us in ways that we don't feel adequate. Because we don't have to be all that because he's all that. You know, if you think about it, you don't have to feel like you're the best in the world to be able to do something for God. You've got to be obedient. He'll open the doors. He'll make you into who he wants you to be. He'll help you to grow. Number two, I don't have my act together. You know, everybody sins. The Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned against him. But that doesn't give us a reason to not keep getting up and pressing forward. When we fail, we need to get up again. We need to not fall and, and say, that's it. You know, I'm over. Life's over. You know, I'm not, I'm not worthy to serve. You know, we weren't worthy to get saved. He, he loved us enough that he did it for us. But we have to be willing to step up and do what we have to do. You know, I'm not saying that we don't have our act together, don't get it together. I'm saying none of our acts are 100% together. We're working on growing. We're working on becoming like Jesus. But we're not perfect yet. We are working on it. We're a work in progress. And do we fail? Yes. But we get back up and we keep moving. We keep trying. We start, you know, when we, when we get angry and we sin or, or whatever, we have to grow back and we have to learn to love again and, and, and realize that God never gave up on us because his giftings, they don't go away like sometimes we do with our ways of thinking of people and we just cast them aside. He doesn't cast us aside like that. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, what I want you to see in this is this. He said, go, and as you go, make disciples. It doesn't say get perfect. Spend your whole life getting perfect. Now you're an old man and you don't have enough energy to help anybody. It says, no, go, and from this day forward, start making disciples. Use what you know and start it to grow. You plant a seed, you don't start with a bush full of fruit. You start with a seed. 
And when you start serving God, you're a seed and it starts growing. And you start producing by being a part of sharing that seed with others. You, you grow as they grow. Sometimes in the church, Thrive Church here, we're growing together. We're all growing. The leaders here are growing. The leaders of this church have never pastored a church this size. We're all in a stage of learning. We're all in a stage of growth. God is doing something good and new and perfect inside of each of us. And the third point I want to bring to you is this. And this one may hit home to some of you more than others. But I want you to think about it in different ways. It says, I don't have a title or a position. You know, the things that come to mind in this is this. Titles and positions don't give you authority. They might if you're a police officer. You know, that you, or, or, or some type of a person that has authority in a certain position. But we're talking about things in the spirit realm. We're talking about things that are dealing with church and, and, and the church itself growing. Is that we cannot depend upon a title or a position. You know, I'm Pastor Brian Seymour. I work with the, the First Impressions team at the church. But let me tell you something. I was Pastor Brian Seymour before I came to Thrive. Because pastor is what's in my heart. And that's what I'm saying. It, it's not about a title or a position. It's about that gift that God says already inside of you. You've got the gift. You just got to be use, you got to be useful in the kingdom. Let that gift be manifested. Let let the world see. And don't feel like you have to be the, the very best. You know, I'm not the best at speaking. I'm not the best at anything that I do. But I want to be used of God. And I want to be encouraging to others. And I want to see God do something in you. I want you to get this message because this may be one of the most important messages you're ever going to hear if you'll grasp a hold of it. And that is this. The enemy wants to keep you insecure. He wants to keep you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. He wants to get your mind set on, I can't do this because of this. I come from a bad family or I've got a history. You know, I've been in trouble. I've been in jail. I've, I've been an alcoholic. I've, you know, I've hit people. I've hurt people. I've killed people. I've, all these things the enemy wants to do against you. The enemy wants to keep you down because he doesn't want to see the church fulfilled. He doesn't want to see you step up and become who God created you to be. And I'm going to tell you something. This little fuse right here that I was talking about earlier. This little fuse. It's almost nothing. It does nothing. It has a piece of wire that runs through the middle of this thing. It has no moving parts. It has nothing internal. There's nothing to go bad on it except the metal brake. In this case, it was broke. But with you, the enemy wants to keep you broke. Just like this fuse. This fuse doesn't work. And he wants you to not work in the kingdom either. But if you'll find your place in the kingdom and you'll realize that this right here is what God's called you to do. This is all the components that deal with your life that are on this board right here. And all these different components do different things and it ties in with all parts of your life. Your job, your family, your church life, the people that you don't even know when you leave here and you come across somebody in the parking lot at Ingalls or Walmart or... You don't know Ingalls, sorry, I'm from Georgia. Walmart. 
You know, when you go to these places and, and you're about doing whatever you do and you're, you're there and God puts something on your path and that hesitation comes in and you're like, no, I can't do that. I can't share because of this. Just realize if you're a working fuse and you're willing to be used of God, the board is there and it's ready. And all you have to do is find where you go, snap yourself in position, and it makes a connection. That's the unsung hero. Is because the board that was broken now functions because you filled your position. You did what God called you to do. You're not the hero of the story. That's Jesus. But you found your place to shine. You found your place that you can work and serve and be something of God. Because we are to be like Him in this world. As you start to think about this, I want to, I'm going to bring us to a place of prayer in just a minute. But I want you to hold it. Keep thinking about that gift. Because as I pray, I'm praying for activation of that gift in your life. We're going to pray for you that you're going to step beyond your insecurities. And you're going to become an unsung hero in somebody's life. You know, there's little kids that we see here at Thrive that are walking around. They've got some people that they're looking up to. There's people that are serving in children's ministries that are unsung heroes in their life. They're doing something. But what are they seeing at home? What are, what are our youth seeing when they're out and they're about, when they're in their schools? If you're a school teacher, are you being the light in your school? Are you loving? Are you showing compassion? If you're a police officer, are you doing your part? Whatever it is, are you a giver? Are you doing your part? Are you doing what God called you to do? What is that gift? He, he's given you one, but it needs to be used. You need to step out in faith and use it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray at this very moment that you would help and show us what it is. How can we be the fuse that can connect the rest of the circuit together and make it work? How can we tie the people around us to you and your love? How can we do that, Lord? Show us the way. And every person that's hearing this voice, I, I just feel like it's so important today that we grasp a hold of this. Father, I pray for every heart that's here, everyone hearing my voice, that they will see and feel that desire and they will answer that call to answer what it is that you've laid in their heart. That they will be the unsung heroes in the lives of the people that need them. And when the people get to heaven, they're going to look back and they're going to say, you never knew me, but I was watching you. And I accepted Jesus because of you. Lord, I pray that there will be ones here today that will break beyond the insecurities that have been holding them back and feelings of, I can't do that, or I'm not worthy. And we'll step out, Lord, and become who you call them to be. Be a, Lord, that they will be a shining light in a dark place. That people will see, even as this man who was carrying this pitcher of water, he didn't know anybody was looking. He didn't know anybody was watching and following. Just like us, we have people following us all the time. And what are they seeing? Are we leading them in the right way? Father, I pray for this blessing upon these people that, that these gifts that you give them will be activated because of their decisions to follow you in all that they do. That they'll answer the call and that they will be fruitful. And Lord, we give you praise for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.